Welcome to the Hypnotic Healers Podcast, your home for insights and insider knowledge about hypnotic change work. With your hosts, control practitioners and hypnotists, Nicole Mazzucato and Anthony Gitch. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Hypnotic Healers. I'm Nicole Mazzucato and as always, um, I'm here with my friend and co-host Anthony Gitch all the way over there. Our usual disclaimer before we get started, neither Anthony nor I nor our guests today are licensed medical professional psychologists or psychiatrists, so do not make any changes or alterations to any medications or treatments you're on based on the conversation you hear here today. Take what you like, leave the rest, and while you're leaving stuff, leave us a like, a love, a heart, a thumbs up, send us a nice message, get in touch, say hey, and that's it from me. Hello. So yes, Nicole, it is always good to see you as usual. And today we are joined with someone, uh, by someone actually, who is close to Nicole. I know her as well. Um, this is Nicole's mother. We have Ronnie Broder with us. Um, and it's, it's the reason I we're calling her Ronnie is because I always butcher her first name. And, and so we'll just leave <laughs> it at that. You know, I'll admit what I can't, you know, I, my shortcomings are just right there out there for the world to see. <laughs> um, and thank goodness that's the only one there is. Um, <laughs> anyway, Nicole's mom is here. Um, she is a licensed acupuncturist. She's a control practitioner. She specializes in women's health, fertility, uh, birth trauma recovery, all sorts of amazing stuff. And everybody, Ronnie. Hi. 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 <laughs> that's okay, Anthony. My friends call me Ronnie. <laughs> well, that's, thank you. Um, <laughs> that's because none of them can pronounce her name properly. <laughs> 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 well, you can thank your mom and dad for that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've lived with that all my life. <laughs> I bet. Um, that is a hard, and I don't know why it's, it's, anyway, moving on. So we met after Nicole and I had been hanging out for a while. I was working with Tim, training other practitioners with him as I was being um, mentored and trained how to become a control practitioner trainer. And that's how I met you originally. That's right. Um, yeah. I was, I was one of the the folks in your class. And so, um, welcome to the show. You've, that's been about almost two years now, I think. Um, well, no, yeah, at least a year and a half, at least. Um, and, and you've done a lot of great things since then. You've been around doing lots of acupuncture, growing your businesses. Tell us a little bit about what's going on, how you're applying this stuff to even the birth trauma. Good question. So, um, yes, I started my journey, uh, changed careers quite late in life and retrained as um, Chinese medicine um, acupuncturist. And, and then that led me to lots of different modalities, um, always learning new things, um, studying with lots of amazing masters in Japanese and Chinese medicine. Um, and then um, eventually I felt something was missing um, in, in the sense of, you know, the consultations with my patients. Um, and we do a lot of talking because people go through such a difficult time with gynecological issues, getting pregnant, fertility, um, miscarriages, um, unable to get pregnant, um, and, you know, birth trauma as well, which is, which is quite a big subject for me. Um, 
And I, I really felt that there was something missing so that I could help them with to deal with their mental, emotional problems. Um, so that, then I started um, looking into um, working and adding other tools, which um, I use uh, tapping, which okay. is also based from um, Chinese medicine. EFT. Um, so EFT and TFT. Tapping. Yeah, that's right. Yes. And then uh, eventually I got to hypnotherapy, uh, which is amazing. And, um, and now I find it incredibly useful to, to work with patients with, with all kinds of difficulties, really. Stress management, anxiety, um, insomnia, um, period problems, hot flushes, you name it. <laughs> you know, there's a <laughs> lot of, you know, you said something and, and it all of a sudden dawned on me that maybe I don't even really recognize what birth trauma is when you're, is birth trauma from the perspective of the woman giving birth or birth trauma from the perspective of the newborn, like later on kind of birth trauma sort of stuff that they regress towards and that sort of thing. Explain that a little right. bit. I, I, I Explain that. Interestingly, you're, you're actually missing a perspective as well, which I'm sure mum will go into detail about now. So um, the first thing that I have to say is um, what is trauma? And trauma is relative to your per own perspective, Sure. really. So one person's trauma is, is maybe not somebody else's trauma. Um, so really even entering into the fertility world, um, it's, it can be quite traumatic for, for people because they have to go through various, um, tests, medication, injections, um, Oh, for people who are experiencing uh, infertility. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and 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 people who 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 go through natural birth actually they could have a very um, smooth and happy pregnancy um, and prepare for labour. You know, doing all sorts of classes, hypnobirthing, etc. And then something um, happens, um, and they have to have an emergency C-section, or they lose a lot of blood, or um, you know, something traumatic happens or the cord gets wrapped around the baby's neck or, you know, and there's, and there's some beautiful birth experiences. So let's put that first. Um, but I'm there sure are some horrors. like heaven coming upon earth. <laughs> um. You know, not everybody is an, is a, you know, is, is a sort of earth mother. Let's put it that way. So, um, you know, and, and, and everyone reacts differently to what is painful or what is traumatic for them. So the trauma is very much a subjective thing. Okay. So somebody who could go through, um, you know, a normal pregnancy and have a difficult labor um, can, can find that traumatic. But in comparison to somebody who has, let's say, an emergency surgery, life-saving operation, lost lot of blood, or or the baby being whipped away and um, 
you know, uh, going into an incubator or life-saving conditions or, an, you know, sort of premature labor. There's, there's all kinds of complications that can occur with uh, pregnancy and labor. And, um, you know, also um, post, post-labor. So anything that has to be considered, that is, that's a big scope of practice. That's a it huge is. scope of practice. Yeah, because I mean, I was thinking, okay, from the from the perspective of the mother or of the baby, right? Well, um, actually, there's also something else missing. There's the perspective of the father. Or the partner. The partner. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, so, I bet so that whoever, can... So whoever is happening to be in that room um, is, 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 it can be quite shocking for the partner to see their partner um, in distress or going through a life-saving operation or seeing a lot of blood or seeing, you know, their baby um, born within all kinds of difficulties. And it's actually, it's actually something that I'm quite passionate about because men don't talk, you know, and they don't talk about it and they hold that trauma for quite a long time. In fact, some, some people just never forget about it. Even though the women tend to talk to their friends or they can go and have counseling or go to all kinds of different modalities to get help, the men, it's not offered to the men. And I've seen that time and time and time again. And in fact, I can just mention a case that I had some years ago where a couple came to me for secondary infertility and um, I usually um, have them in together so we can have a chat and talk things through. And then I asked the, 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 the wife to actually leave the room while I had a chat with the husband. And um, it turned out that, you know, she had such a traumatic birth the first time that he was terrified about her going through another birth. And that was part of the unspoken problem. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that they weren't getting pregnant, there was actually nothing wrong. But mentally, he was just not there and I, unable to, 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 to go through uh, an, an, uh, a subsequent birth like that. I mean, there's no way that um, any two births would be the same or that something traumatic would happen a second time or a third time. Right. Well, there's no way to prove any of that. Yeah. There, there's no proof and there's no, there's no way that, it, you know, I mean, the chances are ridiculously high. But um, mentally, it's very scarring for the person that is watching and in the room and seeing that happening. So, yes, so I urge men to actually come forward and, um, and speak about it and, and, and get some help because um, they're the ones that actually don't talk about it, um, don't talk to their friends about it, don't go to counsellors or, or, or um, manage their trauma at all. Well, you know, and, I, and, and, and it's interesting that you kind of, that, that that's mentioned that they don't talk about it. I was really, so I've got a brother who's just a year and a half younger than I am. And I am oftentimes 
uh, and in a few times fairly shocked at the things that these straight men actually talked to each other about that I would never have thought that they sometimes talk about, right? Particularly with at least the people that he, you know, associates with and that sort of thing on their hunting trips and those sort of things. It's like, wow, you guys talked about what? Um, you know, it, so I'm hoping that in that regard, that just like the younger generations are moving more towards being more vulnerable, more open to these things, that hopefully men now are starting to become more comfortable with each other. I think that I think that that's starting to happen more, where they can they're they're trusting more with each other and talking about things like that. Yeah, maybe it's not I, I, as outspoken, but I think it does happen more internally than it used to before before my my generation and younger you know what i mean yeah definitely i think there's also an element here of of you know kind of this the birth trauma and the partner being present and not talking about it oftentimes you know when it's the 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 person who's giving birth a woman who's been through the near death near death or lost a lot of blood or had her own traumatic experience the person that's kind of been on the sidelines watching that hasn't actually been in that position kind of puts their self to the to the back you know it's like well it hasn't happened to me so i just need to forget what my experience was and just focus on helping that person overcome right. their experience. So let me just shut down my experience and focus more on the person, on that person, because it, you know, we need I'm to get that person gates, better. I, I need to be yeah. able to better support that person yes, in order to exactly. do that. Absolutely. I have to yeah. hide everything yeah. I'm experiencing because they yeah. can't see my vulnerability because I have to yeah. be their strength. Yeah. Exactly. And, and they've been through something much bigger and much worse. So what I've been through is not important in comparison. Right. right. You know, there's also, you know, the, it's 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 a very good point. Um, uh, there's there's also the problem that, you know, they feel so helpless, you know, oh, yeah. and that's the point. The that's, point is they're standing in this room, and the emergency, you know, is being sort of taken care of by, you know, floods of doctors and nurses all over the room, machines going off left, right, and center and being pushed to the side of the room mm. where you feel utterly, helpless. utterly helpless. Yeah. And, and even when you're trying to support your partner and that partner is um, really suffering with depression or continual crying or, you know, just pain or whatever, you just feel, what can I do? And there's nothing that you can do that's going to make it better. And so you have to hide your feelings to a point. I mean, you don't, a man doesn't, or a woman doesn't, but there's an element of, yes, I have to be strong for that partner because she's the one that's gone through it. Um, well, sometimes you have to be able to maintain, I know that there have been certain times in my life where I felt like, I need to be able to maintain this because I do know they need me in that fashion right now, right? And and, yeah. and then, and so there are times when I think that it's kind of necessary to play that role. Um, but I think that in a healthy relationship and in a healthy way to do that, there's there's the, there's the back end of that where then you express the fact that this is what my experience was as well. 
But this right. is part of the problem in in relationship communication, right? If one person, so let's take this this what we're talking about this situation. So, birth trauma. Like we said before, the man the man or the partner will put themselves on the back seat to to take care of that other person. But then that becomes that be- creates such a distance between the couple that it then becomes this subject that that is so difficult to broach, which puts more and more distance between between the couple until, you know, a lot of, I would imagine a lot of people end up eventually separating or divorcing because this, there's just this huge void between them that they've never been able to speak about or broach this subject because it just feels too big. I've actually worked with somebody before whose, whose marriage was very much on the brink of it, on the brink of extinction. I don't know if extinction is the right word because of this void that came from postpartum depression. And it was like, well, it just became a bigger and bigger Did you void. you hear what I said, though? I said, as long, I think it's okay to take that position as long as there is a way for you to express what it was that was happening for you on the other end yeah. of that, right? Yeah, as sure. Because otherwise, as yeah. yeah, yeah. Otherwise, but a lot of people absolutely. don't have the capacity to do that. You know, it just feels You're like right. the void yes. has become so okay. big that it's like, how do we even begin a conversation about something that maybe happened 10 years ago? Well, that but that's what I mean. Carrying, See, there has to yeah. be 10 years is too late, right? Yeah, of I'm course. Talking, of course. I'm talking like, I'm talking like, okay, we've had this experience and this is what, I'm talking days, right? I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm not talking months later, we have this conversation about what I experienced. I'm saying that we need to be able to, in that moment, be there, be strong, but you know, hey, I've also got my vulnerabilities, yada, yada, yada. I think yeah. that it's, that's what I'm but suggesting. This is, but this is a process physically, mentally, emotionally, that can last for months or you like, you know, a miscarriage, the, yeah. a stillbirth, something yeah, like that. Yeah. That's not, you know, but you that know, doesn't, the, yeah. Okay. So again, with, 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 um, stillbirth, um, you know, I, again, by example, I, I knew a couple who had a stillbirth and, um, and at the time, you know, the, the man really felt, um, I think, isolated uh, because um, everyone gra- gravitates towards the woman, um, which is normal for support, to trying to support them as much as possible. And again, the man feels useless and helpless in that state. Um, and there are many cases uh, that they just never reconnect. They can't reconnect. They just cannot fill that void. Um, you know, it's, 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 it, what I'm saying is that it's out there and it's a very, very big problem. And it's a problem that needs, a, you know, addressing. It's a problem that needs to be brought out into the open. And, um, and I really encourage men to to talk to other people, other friends, um, and 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 get help because um, per se, any kind of what I call birth trauma, and I, as again I say it's subjective because it really is, is something that is buried and it's not forgotten. And it, it you know I had a patient who was well well into her eighties. And after a long discussion, we came across 
a topic that she brought up to say that I never got over a miscarriage I had when my 20s and she was 87. You know, I mean, do you need to go through a lifetime still grieving over a miscarriage that you were never allowed to talk about? You know, in 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 many women's lives and and it's probably a little bit different today. But, you know, through the generations, they weren't allowed to even discuss it. They weren't even allowed to acknowledge it. They weren't even allowed to grieve, you know. Um, and, and, some, and some doctors, don't worry, you'll just, you know, just go out there and try again. You'll, you'll, have a, you'll, ha- you'll get pregnant again. You'll have a, you'll have a baby. Just, just forget about it. Well, you can't forget about it. Many women can't ever forget about it. And it's with them for life. It's an experience that they will never forget for life. So why are we making women forget about it or push it to the very back of their minds when it's always there? I don't know. Yeah. And and I say, I don't know, because as I'm listening to you, I'm like, I don't know. I, I, so I've worked with a couple women, um, late in their seventies who a different thing, they didn't miscarry, but their children were taken from them because they were Catholic, um, and pregnant at early ages, that sort of thing that used to happen quite Mm. a bit. Babies taken here, sent to Ireland, um, that sort of thing. And, and, and yet, and they still carry that with them. It's a different sort of a trauma. Um, it is. It's that, a massive you know, trauma as well. I think in this context, you know, that women are very supportive of other women that have had miscarriages or traumatic, but especially, yes. especially more and more so today, you know, very much so when I know from my own friends, as soon as they've been pregnant, their nurses have put them in touch with other women that are, are pregnant. And, you know, it's the, it's the actual nurses that start to create these groups of, oh, you're pregnant with twins, you're pregnant with triplets, you've had a... Okay, right, yeah, right, right, right. So there's a, there's a lot yeah. more, there's, yeah. There's, since social media, really, um, you know, you've got, yeah. you can you can tap into Facebook groups or uh, various other groups uh, for support. And I and, know that there is a shit ton of support out there for men. I know there is, at least in this country, there is. Hmm. Um, I don't know I if, mean, it's, if, if it's in particular to um, any kind of birth trauma or even, uh, you know, um, a partner having a miscarriage or a stillbirth. You know, so, you know, the, I, I don't know what it's like in the States. Um, um, I know there's a lot missing in the UK. Um, there's a lot missing for care in, in general like this everywhere. It yeah. doesn't matter how evolved society is. I think that, and, and I think that it's interesting because like you were saying, it, it is kind of, we have been, I think as a society taught um, almost from an early age, I remember, I remember always hearing that women never mentioned that they were pregnant or told anybody that they were pregnant until like the, the end of the first trimester right? Or yeah. something like that, however far it is. And yeah. and then it's actually what they would consider a viable pregnancy. Yes. But up until then, they, you know, and so I think that, I think that whole thing of it's okay, just try again has been so 
enforced and pushed upon society as that's kind of the norm and that's just the way it goes sort of thing that it's interesting. I had never considered it the way that you're, you but know. That's, you know, that's, that's Western medicine They just for kind you. of poo-poo that aside. Yeah, yeah just get up and get on with it and try again. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, that's yeah. West, that's Western medicine ideology. Uh, the, uh, you know, um, the problem is that, uh, you know, women are going way past their peak fertility before they even start considering uh, pregnancy. Um, so now women are not even thinking about it until they're late or mid to late thirties, which is already late. Um, so the older you are, the, the more chances there are that your, you know, that, um, you know, your egg qualities are going to be lower, um, that, um, that the chances of miscarriages are going to be greater, um, but, you know, that can happen at any age. So it can happen at 18 or it can happen at 21 or, you know, at, at any age. But the older you are, uh, the more at risk you are for various things to go wrong. Yeah. Having said all that, um, the male fertility rates are going down. And that's become a huge problem. Um, yeah, that's become a huge problem. It's becoming a very big problem. Uh, and it's strange, strangely enough, it's always up to, it's always down to the woman to go ahead and do the investigations first. And the men don't consider having their sperm check initially. Um, and, and that's probably because of, you know, the lack of movement, um, um, you know, cell phones and laptops and, you know, that kind of, um, that kind of um, stuff that's impacting on um, well, on lifestyle. the sperm. We, we live an incredibly high high stress lifestyle. People yeah. working more than ever, moving less than ever, surrounded by all sorts of you know kind of radio waves and whatever waves, and I don't know what kind of waves that are running running through us. Eating the lowest quality food ever. That's right. You know, there's just the our lifestyle in general has a huge impact yeah. and there's you know there's alcohol there's drugs there's smoking there's mm -hmm. all, there's all kinds and 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 it's actually normally quite easy to fix you know in, in with the men's cycle um it's it's you know with diet exercise and and a, a better sort of life lifestyle you can actually um help you know the a health a healthy sperm so, um, and, and likewise with, 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 uh, the, the women's, um, cycle too. Um, the problem is that, that women are so busy with their careers nowadays, which is, you know, understandable, um, until they have this heads up, oh, I think it's time to, you know, get pregnant and everyone thinks it's easy and it isn't, it really isn't. Um, it might have been easy, and some people are very lucky because they get pregnant very easily, um, but others really struggle. And, you know, you really, I, what I say to my patients is you, it's like going in for a marathon. You don't put your trainers on and go out running 28 miles. You don't. Right. You right. know, you need to get your body right and ready, both partners, not just one. You know, yeah. both partners need to be really focused on a healthy diet, a healthy lifestyle, and getting their 
body ready to the optimum um, peak performance so that they can have a healthy pregnancy. But it's their body and their mind because there's also, you know, there's also this huge... Oh, well, there's a there's this massive narrative around birth that birth is is the most painful and the most you know this this terribly pain when you see kind of birth on in films and things and it's just this horrific experience you know and so most women I don't know yeah I yeah. saw it on I saw it on Mighty Python and she's just out in the field and just plop there it yeah, is there you go she just pooped it right out yeah <laughs> but I mean most most media representations of birth is that it's this really horrific experience you know and yeah. it doesn't have to be a horrific it doesn't experience. have to be but I, you know, I have never seen any of this no. media stuff you're okay. talking about i've just seen women having babies yeah. <laughs> yeah. rosemary's baby maybe um but you know you're you're right because it you know you do need to to prepare for it mentally i mean it's it's yeah. amazing how how um you know sort of we have this this illusion of what um you know getting pregnant easily having a you know, a, a healthy pregnancy, um, popping out a baby, um, uh, going through the first, uh, you know, three years of, of a child's life, and it's going to be easy peasy. Well, it is for some people, but it's bloody hard work for other people. And and it's stressful, and you're not sleeping, you're sleep deprived, and and you're nervous and you're, you know, you, you might be a new mother and you don't know what that, which end is up, you know. Um, it's, there's so many, you know, different things that, that contribute to, to having a family. Here's the flip side of that. Women have been doing it since Three the dawn generations. of time. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> also, in, look, in my experience, not ironically, people from lower income families have a lot more kids and with less problems in general. Yes. Why? Because, um, okay, they get pregnant younger in general because they yes. don't have access necessarily to um, birth control and things like that. So they're getting pregnant younger. Um, they are not as career kind of driven, let's say. So, yeah, they're 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 yeah they they are more engaged, more engaged in sexual activities and and having more babies more easily. I mean, I know a lot of lower income families where they have multi, you know, of three children upwards, you know, five children, and they can barely afford to put food on the table. And you think, oh my god, how do you keep pumping children out? But it's a completely different mentality and there isn't that mentality that it's difficult to get pregnant there is just a mentality of you have sex you get pregnant you have a baby and you just carry on like that well you know um, a huge percentage percentage of the world's population reproduce like rabbits and um and have healthy pregnancies and and cope with crying babies but we've become so soft in um you know in this modern world um and people have babies for lots of different reasons you know people have babies because they want one but they don't necessarily want to be with one <laughs> see and that to me that's your responsibility 
that's just irresponsible. That's but, irresponsible. But, that's like backyard know, breeding then, of a dog. I just want to see, I want my children to know what it's like for a dog to have puppies. So I well, bred. It's a little and bit now what I've we, got we 15 about puppies previous... that we're going to have to put down at the pound because no one wanted them. But it's a little bit like we, what we talked about in a previous episode in the pandemic, in the lockdown, when parents were like, fuck, I've suddenly got to be with my kids 24 hours a day. What am I going right. to do? Right. It's like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Look at the little bastards you're raising. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this very nicely brings us back to one of your questions initially, which was, you know, is birth trauma related to the baby's trauma of being born? Um, and, and I think that can also have an impact, you know, quite seriously, that can also have an impact. And, um, and being born, we, we, you know, we don't remember being born. Let's put it that way. You know, nobody, really? nobody remembers being born. Consciously go, remembers. Con- consciously remembers being born. Okay. Um, but, but again, um, what I'd like to talk about is, is what I call mother-child bonding. Um, which, which is uh, another big topic because, you know, if it is a particularly traumatic or difficult birth, or even if the baby's taken away from the mother for, you know, incubators or, or whatever reason, life support, et cetera, there is an element of obviously separation. Okay. Um, and sometimes um, it's as the child grows up, you see that there's a lost connection. Um, and the the repair of actually going back, this is where you know the hypnosis is really useful, is going back to repair that bonding. Um, of a child, a baby's experience and the separation and the mother going through um, that trauma is, is really um, useful. And, and, and it, it, you know, it, it works on all different levels. It works on, on the spiritual level. I think it, it works on, all kinds of different levels, uh, emotional, um, also releasing the trauma, um, and um, and some amazing things can happen there by uh, reconnecting uh, the mother-child, um, just just by actually um, healing that wound. Right on, right mm. on. There's also so also something that you mentioned so there's hypnobirthing is is obviously another another topic that we actually haven't talked about on this podcast and and we will talk about it in another episode but you also mentioned um helping women with period pains which is something we definitely haven't touched on on this podcast and talk a little bit about how you've used hypnosis i know you combine hypnosis with acupuncture but talk a bit about how you've used hypnosis to help um women with period pains because i think there's a there's a lot of people out there that don't that wouldn't make a connect a mind connection with um with menstrual cramps. 
Yeah. I mean, maybe. I didn't when I was growing up. Yes. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't, you, you didn't, you didn't associate your menstrual cramps with pain. No, I didn't associate menstrual cramps having anything like being within my control in, in within my control. Oh, okay. You know, right, subconsciously. Right, right. It's, it's, it's feeling the, the, the discomfort behind. Mm-hmm. You gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha, I mean, gotcha. t- to the point that I used to pass out and vomit. And, you know, yeah, just, I understand what you're yeah, saying. I've got yeah, friends yeah. who have had bad, bad things like yeah. that in my lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, again, I think this, I think we'd, we'd need to have a separate conversation on just periods because that's another one of my really favorite topics. <laughs> Not for this podcast. <laughs> We're over women. I can see flushing already. This is the last <laughs> time this year, gentlemen, will be having a discussion about women's issues. <laughs> Welcome to season three. <laughs> <laughs> gender issues <laughs> so yeah it's, uh, you know i mean coming from a from from um chinese medicine background let's put it this way um and also having s- seen my mom suffer with uh, period pains throughout her life uh me suffering with period pains throughout my life and and my daughter's inheriting that you know, that um, part the curse of, of the woman. That's what one of my is. neighbor ladies said and, one time. Yeah. And <laughs> let me explain to you that, um, you know, uh, I, I have went, been woman splained periods <laughs> since I was a kid. Men have been woman splained menstrual cramps our whole lives. We we are forced to watch commercials about it. We are forced <laughs> to experience it on a regular basis. Oh, didums. really really um and that's why men don't have children (laughs) because they couldn't cut it um that's okay (laughs) um yeah so you know so the whole the whole thing about um about pain and periods is is you know again going having a little knock on western medicine it's just normal get on with it you know go away take a painkiller take another painkiller take something else uh, the stop moaning crawl underneath the bed with her bible she did we yeah. found her underneath her bed one time with the bible praising and cursing and this and that and she's like this and we were like okay that's not really the way that my mom and sister handle that but okay <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> You know, and in, in those days, it used to be known as the curse. And why, you know, right. why would it call it a curse when it's actually my a blessing? Friend, my my friend know? Kim just calls it Aunt Flo. Aunt Flo is coming to visit. You <laughs> can't go nice. do that today. Um, <laughs> Does she bring the chocolates? Yeah, I've got prayer arrangements. <laughs> She's like, if you're coming over tonight, Aunt Flo's here. So bring something particular. I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bring the ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, coming from the Chinese medicine perspective, there's 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 no reason why a woman should actually uh, go through through pain and uh, a difficult um, cycle, really, uh, menstruation. Well, I mean, there are there are there are physical or, or uh, you know medical reasons. There are. There you know, are. And uh, what's that? Endriomotesis or not? Endriomotesis. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, what is the term for it? Can we let him it? struggle? Yeah. And, what is it? Endometriosis. There we go. Well yes, done, that's where, that's where the 
Um, it grows on the outside of the uterine tube and it creates all sorts of pain Asians, during periods no, and that kind yes, of stuff. It, yeah. And yeah, yeah, Asians so, and Asians. Do you want to know how come I know so much about women's reproductive health? Because you're a, ma- you're a woman's best friend. No, because I watch soap operas. <laughs> oh my God, you're so sad. You're so sad. <laughs> and because I've got a shitload of female friends. Oh, and I... <laughs> And they've they've all got ant flows. So oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so yes, it's there are medical reasons why um, a woman would go through trials and tribulations with her menstrual cycle. But on the on average, a woman doesn't need to suffer. It, she doesn't need to have pain. It should be you know you should know that it's coming because there might be a little bit of cramping or something, but you know, manageable, absolutely. Uh, there shouldn't be any headaches. There certainly shouldn't be any vomiting or anything like that. It's a normal part of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and get help, for God's sake. Don't suffer because you don't need to. You know, you really don't it's, need that to. That seems like that would be kind of knowledge that was handed down, kind of that tribal knowledge that, hey, well, but it's you not don't need though, to be it? in pain like this. No, but it's right? not Obviously, though, it's most, not. No, right. no, 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 because those those women that do suffer, like, you know, like like mum's just said, it's take a painkiller and get on with it or, you know, but, but it's only now. So a couple of months ago I read that in Spain they've now brought in a law that um, companies have to allow female employees to that they have to allow them grace if they suffer with with periods, um, but because it's it's never been a thing that's been recognised before, you know it's never been a thing. It's like oh you know it, it's never been given space, and it can be really really hard going for some people. I mean, in my case, it's not the case anymore because I, I've I don't know how maybe some, you know, mental, physically, whatever it is, things have changed for me. But it used to be that two or three days of the month, I couldn't function mentally, physically, nothing. I just couldn't function. And that's really hard going when society doesn't actually recognize that that's a thing. You know, it's like, well, just, just, again, just take a pill, get up and get on with it. And I guess I've had enough female friends and it's such a totally different experience as a gay male that all of my female friends have always taken care of themselves, but you're right. They have always received from employers that we've worked with other friends, fathers, husbands, boyfriends, here's a pill. Let's just get going. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you know, they want that time to take for themselves, but they're oftentimes not granted it. So you're right. That, right. that is a very common because yeah, I mean, society does just kind of look at it like get get up. This is just the way that it is. Let's go. And when you think about it, in tribal times or even in 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 tribes today, the women are kind of set aside for that period of of time. You know, yeah. they're kind of sent off to you know to, to, to whether other. it's you know whether mm. it's taken in that sense to to nurture themselves to nurture each other to have space away from you know, the rest of the community to do what they need to do, whether that's to completely disconnect, to just do their own thing. You know, there's certain there's certain religions where women have rituals around the time of menstruation, um, you know, where there is there is a sense of separation and and um sacred sacredness. 
is that the right word? <laughs> Sacredness uh, around it and where the woman is given that space and time to 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 separate herself. But in today's society, again, it comes back to we're living in this really fast paced world where it's go, 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 go all the time. So it's get up, take a pill and get on with it and carry on doing everything that you do on a normal day, not taking into account that there is a female monthly cycle. There are peaks and troughs in that cycle where we are high energy and ready to go and will you know bulldoze over anyone and everything and low energy where it's like piss off and leave me alone because I can't even lift up a fingernail right now yeah and going back to hypnotherapy that's a really useful tool <laughs> so yeah, yeah I think that I, I it's an, it's an interesting subject for sure um, and there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of viewpoints, um, around a lot of aspects of, of, of it. I know for a fact with the discussions I've held with either, um, gay men, a lot of gay men that I know when we've had discussions about things like this, it's, it's a very different discussion that would certainly happen between straight mm -hmm. men. Yeah. Um, but and, you know, the, the um, thing is that, um, you know, it's 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 back to the the the, the old saying, "I can't feel your pain," um, and um, and men are lucky. You know, they sell through life with their own issues, and you know, and I I absolutely yes, believe and know just to have everything handed out. No, 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 no. <laughs> what I'm saying is that you, you know, physical, physically, obviously you go through changes and hormones, etc. Um, but you know, you, you don't go through what women go through with, you know, their gynecological issues with menstruation every month, or you know, um, housing a baby, um, having a baby, um, you know, a baby attached to your breast. However long, um, basically, um, it's not a monthly kicking the balls. That waits until you know it just yeah, yeah. <laughs> waits until you get and and, and I and I and see, there's, there's, there's parts of, of this research. discussion that I'm not going to get involved in because <laughs> yeah. as a man, there's some of this discussion that I I don't agree with okay. that I absolutely would go mm, mm, okay right. Um, um, Okay, but there, there, is, there is a lot of research. I, I, I don't I... think it's fair. I don't think it's fair to suggest that men go through a hormonal change and then they never go through another one. No, no, right? they men do. Men have they regular monthly do. issues. I know men that go through and they have ups and downs through their month absolutely. because of the way that they're feeling. Yeah. And none of that is ever addressed in the That's medical true. profession. Never heard it touched on. It's Never true. heard it touched on in commercials. Yet there's tons of support out there for women for everything from their fucking armpit sweat to everything else. And yet there is zero to to 1% support for men who are going through any of this shit. As the ones say. who rule everything, yeah. um, that we are left in the dirt when it comes to this sorts of, with these sorts of issues. Right. And, 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 and so it's frustrating sometimes as, as, as somebody who walks both worlds, mm -hmm. so to speak. Right. Um, I, I understand both sides, but sometimes as a man, I feel like we as a whole are not, 
given any space to the fact that we understand things, that we go through our own things that we're never, ever given an opportunity to shine a light on, yeah. right? Um, and and so I, I think that sometimes women are hard on men. I think that women are really hard on men sometimes, and they don't take into account that that we are not, we are taught that we are not allowed to discuss some of this stuff because mm-hmm. if we express ourselves now, we're women haters and, and now we're this and we don't understand. And, and, but it's like, okay, so don't say anything at all because mm-hmm. if you do, you're automatically the bad guy, right? And, and so sometimes it's hard for, I think, some Look, men out there. Anthony, I, I, I truly believe that, you know, one of the great things about podcasts is that that hopefully there's an audience out there listening and and fingers crossed that's hope you're three we're hoping and you know and 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 discussions are beginning to happen uh and people are communicating and understanding more and and i quite agree with you and that's what i was trying to say was that there is absolute hard evidence that men go through menopause too. And there's there's a lot of help out there for men. Not enough, I grant you. And not as much as there and, is for women. And there's not enough, as, as Nicole says, as there are, there are for women. But it's definitely recognised and men do go through hormonal changes throughout their life. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. They you should know, be recognized and it should be talked about and it should be addressed. Absolutely. And supported. right there is what ha- it needs to be talked about. No, people are afraid to have conversations like you and I are having and like we have because it's what they feel like, I think, sometimes is that if they express themselves, if they get excited, if they get passionate, that all of a sudden it shuts things down. Hmm. Right. And then, and then, and then communication isn't necessarily heard, but I think that if people were to have more conversations like this, it makes it easier. Yeah. Right. Um, but you know, then again, I know both of you, you know, and I feel comfortable expressing myself to both of you, um, without feeling as if, you know, I, cause you also know that you can slap me around a bit if you need to. And, <laughs> and Nicole knows that oftentimes when that happens, it shakes something loose with me and I'm always open to recognizing where I need to change my views and possibly open up and, and let a little light in, right? Um, it's, it's one of the things that I love about this podcast and having Nicole on it and some of the guests we've had is because it's changed perspectives I've had. Mm. And I think that it's important that we all are able to do that. Yep. You know, at the end of the day, it's, it's about, you know, um, understanding our bodies, whether we're male, male or female. Um, and actually education, because there's a really severe lack of education. Um, you know, I, I find it astounding when I have couples uh, coming to me for to, to start their fertility uh, journey. Um, and I have to literally go through ABC. I start mm. right from the beginning. Absolutely from right from the beginning, because... I don't know. There's a huge amount that is missing in the knowledge of our own bodies. You know, well, people know I, how I to people know how to have sex, 
okay, from what it, from what it, however they learned it, but they know nothing about how their body works. Nothing. I, well, and in most people nowadays, they learn so much about what they think sex is yeah. based upon what they see in pornography on yeah. the internet yeah. because there's so much exposure to that at such young ages mm-hmm. that I think that there's that that adds to the disconnect yeah right yeah. The, 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 and and it's interesting the way we'll see how that kind of is able to clean up if if things start changing um but it I think that that has a part to do with it because if you're not relating your body, if you are disengaged so much by the pornography that you're seeing, that you're not relating the person that you're engaged with as a real person, mm. as as that person you love rather than just an object, right? I, I think that when when you start to do that, think about how that disconnects you from the rest of everything that's going on in your body. Yeah. Right. It, it is. Um, it, it's also it's the it's the mind body connection, isn't it? With with like everything else, it's the mind body connection. It's listening to your body. It's what it's telling you. Um, you know, um, understanding how it works and um, actually knowing um, to get help if you need it. And and yeah. and and again, we, we're going full circle. But and I. I'm here, I suppose, uh, promoting hypnotherapies, but it it really does help. You know, even teaching people how to do self hypnosis will help them calm down and and help them understand a different perspective uh, and and handle different situations that they go through. And and it's not necessarily to do with you know the reproductive system, but everything that they that 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 comes to them in life it's it's a journey you know life isn't smooth and it has all kinds of bumps along the way um so use this tool it's amazing yeah yeah and on that note on that note yeah we're gonna wrap it up you know i have enjoyed our conversation um and and thank you because there are some of that the, some of those aspects that I had never really even been made aware of, and so yeah, good for you for bringing the hypnosis and everything into that 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 world because I think it's going to be extremely helpful. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you very much for having me on, and it was a pleasure talking to you. As well, I don't know if it was a pleasure talking to me, but you certainly. Um, <laughs> So if you um if you're interested in getting touch getting in touch with Ronnie you can find her at naturalthinking.co.uk and we'll also put her contact details in the show notes. Um highly recommend her obviously. Um <laughs> I would as, hope so. Yeah, as you can tell she's a, she's a true expert in her field has not stopped studying mm-hmm. for the past nearly 20 years um and continues to continues to strengthen her skills and her knowledge and and um yeah is a is a great great practitioner and as you may have noticed uh, refers to her clients as patients and is able to because she's a licensed acupuncturist, acupuncturist and uses correct. hypnosis and hypnotherapy as complementary tools to her main practice as an acupuncturist yeah cool that's it from us today Good we'll be call, back Nicole. in another uh-huh. week so thanks for listening and take care everyone bye bye Bye. Thank you again, Ronnie. Thanks for listening to the Hypnotic Healers podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and follow us on Facebook. 
You can also join our mailing list at hypnotichealers.com.